Not a big deal. So here we are in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 8, and uh, Adam and Eve are walking in the garden, but I want to ask you a few questions first. Read the verse again, verse 8, and ask, answer some questions for me. Uh, and, and don't make this hard. I'm not intending for this to be hard, all right? So where, besides in the garden, describe for me where God is walking here. Tell me something about this place that God is walking in. Okay, there's trees, it's in the woods. I mean, don't make this hard. What do you know about the Garden of Eden? It, it's perfect. This is perfect, right? I and mean, this is the Garden of Eden. This is, this is what God had made for us to live in, right? So here's God walking. And then let's talk about when God is walking. How does the Bible describe there in verse 8 when God is walking? In the cool of the day. I want you to get the picture here. This is a very inviting setting. Do you understand? I mean, this is like picturesque. God is walking in the perfect place at the perfect time. I mean, this is who would not want to be right where God is? And you already know the answer. Adam and Eve. I mean, there's no reason, it seems, in our minds, uh, wow, this is just, this is picturesque perfect and yet the bible goes on to say that they hid themselves from the presence of the lord now it's also going to be important to note later on as we're talking about this when did they hide well take a look at verse 8 and tell me when did they hide when they heard the voice of the lord now that's important right now because the opportunity for God to speak to our hearts right now is very present. The opportunity for you and I to let the Spirit of God speak to us is, I mean, this is like the perfect time for God to do a work in our hearts. Would you agree? Here we are. We're at church. We have no distraction or minimal distraction we, it, it's built on, a, on purpose so that you kind of have to look up here. Look at this. I know it's, I, I apologize. Anyway, uh, it's made to where, you know, you kind of have to look this direction. This is the perfect time for God to speak to our hearts. Yet I am certain that in our midst, there's an Adam and an Eve who are trying your best to hide from the presence of God here today. I want to talk about how they get there and how they get out of this mess that they find themselves in as we go through this today. And the eyes of them both, it says in verse 7, go back up. The eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Now skip on down, if you would, to verse 13, 14. It says, or I'm sorry, let's start at verse 11. And he said, who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldst not eat? And the man said unto the woman, uh, said, I'm sorry, said, The woman whom thou gavest to me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And I want to talk to you real quickly about this concept of hiding from God. This concept of, People who are in 
great situations, circumstances that almost demand that they pay attention to God and yet find themselves trying to get out of the presence of God at that very moment. And look, let's just take a look at what these guys did first. Adam and Eve, these folks did a couple of things. The first thing we see is that they hid, right? We see that very clearly. I don't know in my mind. I'm guessing since the Bible already brings up trees, in my mind I'm thinking they're hiding behind a tree. That's just my mind, right? I don't know where they're hiding exactly. I suppose there could be rocks. I don't know. Uh, but in my mind, they're, they're hiding behind a tree. So here's Adam and Eve, and they're hiding from God. But what else do Adam and Eve do to hide from God? They cover themselves. Now, I want us to pay attention here because I'm talking to Christians here. I'm talking about, I want to talk to you as Christians. And I struggle with this concept because I watch Christians doing it, and I would say that I only watch Christians doing it, but I also watch myself doing this. Uh, this is a battle that we have. God is coming to us at an opportune time when we should be paying attention at an opportune time when it should be very inviting for us to go and spend time with him, and yet we find ourselves hiding. And one of the first things that, these, that Adam and Eve do is they cover themselves. Now, if I were to think that through for you and I today, you know, what they're trying to do is distract God from noticing their nakedness, right? They're trying to cover themselves. And I watch myself and I watch other Christians, and you know what we do? We cover ourselves with good works, or we just simply cover ourselves by putting on a nice Sunday suit. And we look like we belong. And we're hoping that the pastor will overlook us when it comes preaching time. We're hoping that maybe somehow the Spirit of God won't realize that we're one of the ones that need to be dealt with. So we just kind of cover ourselves up. We make ourselves look better on the outside than what we really are. And here's Adam and Eve. They're covering themselves up. They're trying to hide the fact that they have a problem, and they're hiding from God. And part of the way they're doing that is to cover themselves. Well, we also see in verses 11, 12, and 13, another thing that Adam and Eve do in, in this hiding process from God. What do they do? They blame everybody else. Some of you would get right with God, except that person who said something about you six months ago is still sitting on the other side of the church building. And you are so caught up in staring at them and hoping just that they'll look your way so the daggers can fly. Right? Because you're caught up in this concept that somehow I'm not right with God because my dad wasn't a good dad. Well, welcome to humanity. Nobody's dad was a perfect dad except for Christ's. Right? Nobody's dad is perfect. Nobody's parents raised you in a perfect home. They don't exist on this planet. They don't exist. But we look for excuses. Uh, the, the pastor, if only the pastor would do this, or if he didn't do this, or whatever. Keep filling in the blank. And there's always a reason. I'm here because my wife nagged me into coming, and if my wife weren't that way, I would be different. No, that's exactly what Adam and Eve are doing. It's the woman thou gave us me. It's the serpent's fault. It's always somebody else's fault. And they're simply continuing this concept of trying to hide from God, avoiding the presence of God. Now, the opportunity for them to step into the presence of God is 
this is, this is fantastic. I mean, it's just a perfect place, and the time of day is wonderful, and this is, everything is wonderful about it. The only thing is that these people are hiding from God. Have you and I gathered ourselves at church today hiding from God? Now, I'm not going to find these things, I'll grant you, in Genesis. But let me tell you about some other people who hid from God. There's a story in Acts chapter 5. Anybody remember that story? Ananias and Sapphira got together to conspire to try to cheat the church and get ahead. You guys know that song? Am I the only one? Children's Church, you guys didn't have that? They knew God's power. They needed, did not fear. They tried to cheat the Holy Spirit. Peter prophesied, and they both dropped dead. Anyway, um, <laughs> so Ananias and Sapphira. What did Ananias and Sapphira do to hide from God, to hide the fact that they needed to get right? What did they do? They lied. They lied. Give me an amen, somebody. Now, hear me out. I'm, I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek. Because sometimes I'm afraid that there are people amening to hide the fact that they should be omitting, right? That they need to be the ones getting right with God. They're literally, do you know, if Ananias and Sapphira stood in church and lied and dropped dead, I wonder how often when we open a hymnal, God is not tempted to treat us like Ananias and Sapphira. I wonder how often we would sing, anywhere with Jesus, I would swiftly go, how's it go? Surely go, right? How often we sing that? Or, you know, that we would sing, all to Jesus, I surrender, and we're lying in the face of God. And we're hiding behind our lie, and we're hoping that nobody catches on, that there's a problem inside we need to deal with. Or I'm reminded of, of a man who talked to a donkey. Do you remember that story? And uh, so Balaam, he's just, he's got this greed. And so he's trying to hide behind this action of, I'm only going to do what God tells me to do, while then he tries to trick the children of Israel into sinning so that God would curse them. I, I remember other people in the Bible who struggle with, how about Jonah, the great Jonah, who's hiding from God. You know, he literally does, you know, I mean, Jonah's hiding from God is the reason why some of your families aren't here today, right? Because they just jumped ship. We're out of here. God's trying to speak to me. I'm not going to be anywhere around. I'm going to run. And there's a lot of ways that people hide from God, but there's also ways that people hide from God that we won't find in the scripture. How about this one? How about we just make ourselves so busy that we don't have time to let God speak to us. Do you know what the Bible says? You do know what the Bible says. Finish this phrase. Be still and know that I am God. Now, turn that around, and here's what it means. The only way I can know things about God is if I be still. Apart from being still, I cannot know that he is God. And so what we do is we clutter our lives up with so much busyness. Uh, you know, if you were to pull out your phone, please don't, and look at your calendar, your, your calendar probably looks like mine. And you get frustrated looking at your calendar. It's like, ah, what can we, can we squeeze one more thing in? And now pastor wants us to go skating tomorrow. Like, can we squeeze one more thing in? 
And, and it gets, it, it, we are in a society that is so busy that we don't, so God is there saying, hey, John, where you at? I'd like to spend some time with you today. And we're so busy that we're using busyness to hide from God. If being still is the way I know God, then would you agree that there's a danger to earbuds? I'm not against earbuds. I use them. I'm not against technology. I like it. I have an iPhone. I like my iPhone, all right? I'm not against these things. But would you agree that we, if we always are pumping stuff into our ears that we're seldom ever still enough to know something about God, be still and know that I am God. And so because we're uncomfortable in the presence of God, we pop in earbuds and have a constant flow of distraction to keep us from dealing with the things that God would have us to deal with. Or we just tell a lie. Or we run and hide. Or, you know, we pretend to be something else. Or we blame other people. What are we doing? Are we running from God? Are we hiding from God today? Here's Adam and Eve. God, can I, let's go back to that for a moment. Why did God want to meet with Adam and Eve? What was his purpose? Now, I know that God's God. He knows that they've sinned already. I know that, you know, that God is probably wanting to deal with their sin, but this is not a new thing for God to walk in the garden with Adam and Eve. What was the purpose of God walking in the garden with Adam and Eve? Fellowship. This is sweet. This is like a wonderful thing. This is like what you used to do, gentlemen, when you couldn't wait to spend time with her. You know, and you literally watched the clock because you knew that she was going to get off work and you could go spend time with her. Or you knew she was getting out of class. Or you knew that, you know, she would be walking by the door of your hall, in the hallway. And you, you, why? Because it was a sweet time. and You couldn't wait for it. And that's what was being avoided. What's being avoided here is not that God is going to come down harshly on Adam and Eve. He does not. Read the story. God takes out his justice on an animal. That's what he does. And later, on his son, for you and I. When God is calling for us, it is not because he is an ogre waiting to pounce on us in judgment. God is calling to us because he desires a sweet fellowship with our soul. And you and I are running from the presence of God. Hiding behind busyness and hiding behind technology and hiding behind noise and clutter and, and hiding behind a life that's, no, that's not what God's wanting us to do. Jeremiah, by the way, you know what he did? Listen to this. Here's what Jeremiah did to hide from God. Chapter 20, verse 9 says, Then I said, Jeremiah speaking, I will not make mention of him, of God, nor speak any more in his name. That his word was in mine heart, a burning fire, shut up in my bones, and I was weary with forbearing, and I could not stay. Jeremiah said, I'm done. I am done living for God. Jeremiah said, I am going to quit. I just, I'm just calling it quits. 
and God would not let him go. Because God's great desire is to fellowship with men. Why did they hide? Well, because they were ashamed. Genesis 3. Why did they hide? Because they were afraid. Genesis 3. Why did they hide? Because they were proud. Acts chapter 5. Ananias and Sapphira. Why did they hide? Because they were bitter. Jonah. Why did they hide? Because they were discouraged. Jeremiah. Why are you and I afraid? You know, some of you are so afraid of the presence of God that you've set your Bibles down and you've quit reading it. Because you're afraid if I read my Bible, I might actually meet with God. And that idea has us scared to death. And God only wants a sweet fellowship. God only desires to bless us. God's desire is to show forth his greatness and goodness to us. And so he comes at just the right place, at just the right time. And some of you may be here, and you are here at just this right time when God is trying to do something in your heart and in your life. And the only question left is, will you respond to God? Or are you going to quit, run, lie, pretend, hide, blame others? What are we going to do with this God that loves us so much? Now then, let me give you this last point. This is it. God always finds us. You hear this? God always finds us. You know what Psalm 139 says? O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Remember that? Thou knowest my downsetting, my uprising, thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou can pass my path and my lying down, thou acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it all together. And then the next part. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, is high. I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. God always finds us. It may be the preaching of this preacher some Sunday morning. It may be the praying of a parent or a grandparent who simply will not give up and will not quit. It may be the faithfulness of a, of a spouse or a child who is going to speak God's truth. It may be that God makes a personal contact with you in some way. In other words, he literally knocks you on your back so that you can only look up. But it is certain that God is not going to quit seeking us. What does Jesus do when one of the 90 and or one of the 100 is gone? He leaves the 90 and 9 and he brings back the one. It is certain God's going to find us. The only question is, are we going to help him? <laughs> are we going to cooperate? God is seeking for someone this morning sitting here. What are we going to do? Well, the answer is this. The answer is very simple. Okay, pastor. I'm ready. What do I do? 
I repent, turn from my stubbornness and my pride and my arrogance and my bitterness and my blame shifting. And I find that God has been waiting for me all along. That's what I do. Draw nigh unto God, and he will draw nigh unto you. Heads bowed, eyes closed, please.